And the, at the end of our parsha, where the Pesach says that Miriam was um, s- confined to the outer, outside the Machna, she was confined outside the Machna for seven days. And the, the nation, the people did not continue their travels until Miriam was brought back into the Machna. So Rashi quotes the words, and the people, the nation, did not le- uh, travel. When his Mefarish explained, this honor of waiting for her, the Hashem, Hamakim means Hashem, um, gave to her for the one moment or the one hour or whatever it is that she stayed for Moshe stayed behind for Moshe when he was thrown into the river meaning placed into the river by his mother as the Pesach says and his sister meaning Miriam stood from afar and so on as the story continues there what is Rashi trying to teach here with by explaining this, why did he need to explain it? In the first Bzogni, it says the uh, commentaries explain. It's a question that comes up when you read the words, the people did not travel until Miriam was brought back in. In the next, very next Pasuk, it says that after she was brought back into the Machna, the people left. That's when they traveled. As the Nasu Am is given Noch, that the Saga Miriam Mechutz Lamachna Shuvis Yamin, that the continuing the travel took place after she had been confined outside the Machna for seven days. Then she was brought. So and then they traveled. Is Suliv Vazdav the Tera Zogim Fardem as Va'Om Leinasa. So why does the Tera have to say it if he's going to say in the very next pasuk that after? that event they traveled so obviously they didn't travel until she was brought back in until after that story so why does Torah have to say it if it's already saying it in the next Pasuk Rashi Rashi answers that question as the Ibishter is sorry as the that repeating the the pasuk saying it reiterating it twice is in order to focus to draw our attention to what as does was also that the reason that the people did not leave be, until she was back into the machnes given slib ir kavod vegan was in her honor. If it would have simply said that afterwards they traveled, it would have seemed like that's just how the events happened. But the, the fact that the Torah tells us that they didn't leave until she was brought back in it means that they didn't leave until she was brought back in she was the reason that they didn't leave until then but we still have to understand in the Pasuk says the people, the nation didn't leave so why does Rashi then say in fact not just why does he say it how does he know to say this that this, this honor was accorded to her by Hashem the Pasuk says that the people didn't leave in other words that they were the ones that accorded her this honor 
So how does Rashi know that it was Hashem that accorded her this honor? In fact, especially that uh, by saying that the Abishta gave her this honor, he changes from the way our sages say it in the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that's why the Yidden waited for her. It doesn't say that Hashem made them wait. They waited. In other words, it was their choice. How does Rashi know that it was Hashem's choice to, uh, to give her this honor? It would seem that there is a simple answer that, to that question because all their traveling, when they traveled, and when they camped, starting and stopping, all of these things were not by their own choice, by the people's own choice, nor via state free in the Seder, but rather, as it says in, earlier in the Seder, in accordance with the cloud lifting up from the oil mayid that's how they would know that they have to travel that's when they would travel and at the where the cloud stayed landed or I would say parked that's where the Yidin set up camp so it was all in accordance with the, the cloud moving forward and where it stopped so it was all up to the cloud it wasn't up to the people meaning Hashem the cloud Hashem directed the cloud so it's obvious that when the Yidin did not travel until Miriam uh, was brought back into the Machna is given the Farvaz on an Hashem the reason was because it was Hashem's cloud which did not you know signal that it was time to leave so obviously it wasn't the Yidin's choice, it was Hashem's choice. So therefore, what's the result? That was obviously that Hashem gave her this honor of waiting for her. And so it's not mashma nochmer, and in fact, it seems we can even go a step further. When Rashi says that this was an honor that was accorded to her by Hashem, and that he could have left it sort of uh, vague, he didn't have to say who gave her that honor. He could have said this honor was given to her, or the kiblo, or this uh, she received this honor, uh, without saying who gave her the honor. Um, and the Mishnah says that it was the Yidden that gave her. That in other words, it was it was the honor came from the Yidden. Rashi, rather than being vague about it, he goes even. He goes to the contrary. He goes against what the Mishnah says. He says that Hashem gave her the honor. The Mishnah is moving as she's given toli in all this honor. Even though obviously the Mishnah also knows that the travels were all based on when the cloud left, which means that Hashem chose when they should start. So why is so? Why does the Mishnah say that it was the Yidden that gave her the honor? What it means is, the Mishnah is the The fact that they stayed was also the Yidden also were in agreement. In other words, they also felt that this was an honor that should be accorded to her. The means they also wanted to wait. They felt that it was you know they hoped they don't have to leave while she before she gets back in Mashenki Lafipirus Rashi, whereas according to Rashi is the Ain Sigis Sibigivan, Doshalukla Mokim, 
according to Rashi, he doesn't attribute it at all to the Yidin. He says that it was Hashem that decided. It wasn't necessarily the Yidin that made had any feeling about it. They didn't have any opinion on this. Does haste in other words that the fact that the, the cloud remained stationary was not because the Yidden sort of wanted it it's just because Hashem chose to do that but it's very difficult to say since the Pasuk doesn't say who, the, who initiated that it should stay it just says it didn't travel that the cloud didn't travel. So then, according to Rashi, who makes an issue of saying, not like the Mishnah, but rather like uh, that, that, that it was the Yidin. The Rashi makes a point of saying that it was Hashem that chose it. In other words, even though the Pasuk doesn't say that the Yidin didn't choose it, it just says it didn't travel. So why does Rashi make a point of saying that it was by the choice of Hashem and not by the choice of the Yidin, which is what results from him saying that it was Hashem who chose it. It could have been left sort of without attributing it to anybody and then it would be, you know, both of them agreed. The Mishnah says that it was the Yidin that wanted it as well. Both and were in agreement on this matter, but Rashi makes it about Hashem and not about the Yidin. So why does Rashi need to do that? Beis, oich dafim v'shtem, we also have to understand. Number one, slibos is Rashi meisiv g'shehushlach le'ya'er. Why does Rashi have to add the words when he was thrown into the river? L'may nafkimine v'ents is given, d'shoh achas sh'nisak v'lomeshu. What's the difference in regards to which event it happened that she waited for Moshe? Why does he have to point out that it was when he was thrown into the river? Rashi yedav zog and b'demishnah zog, t'stam? Rashi should have said it the way the Mishnah says it, which is leaving it open. Miriam imtina l'Moshe shah achas. Miriam waited for Moshe one uh, one period of time. Shenemar, as it says, and it gives So anyone that wants to look it up can know. You know, we'll find over there what the story was. Why does Rashi find it necessary to say that it was when he was thrown into the river? Number two, another question. Fabos is Rashi matik from Posik why does Rashi say when he quotes the Pasuk from there, from Shmois that his sister stood from afar, why does he have to say he's, she stood from afar why is it important to say here that it was from afar if it would have simply quoted his sister stood there it would be clear that she waited there for Moshe. That's what the point that he's trying to make. So why does he say she stood from afar? Meaning the Pasuk says she stood from afar, but why does Rashi need to bring it here? A third question, not only that is Rashi noch not only does he quote also the word from afar, but he also writes v'goymer, and so on, which means that he wants you to look in the Pasuk to see what the rest of the Pasuk says. What's the difference in regards to this issue, what the rest of that story was? Gimel. So we'll understand all this by first explaining the Inyan HaKobet was Mahadot Sugetel Miriam by first understanding what kind of an honor is it that was given to Miriam, the mitzvah's mod, by waiting for her.
why is it called an honor? Nish Vimen learned in Pashtas is mashma. The way we uh, we would look at it on the surface, it would seem as when the Yidden volt that if the Yidden didn't wait, let's say if they decided that they had to travel while she was still confined outside the machna, it would be considered a heder It would be considered a lack of respect. She's stuck outside the machna. And they're moving on. That would be disrespectful to her. The opposite of covet. That's what it seems on the surface. That's very strange to, to look at it that way. Why? If she would have been left herself in the middle of the desert and everybody traveled on leaving her behind, that would not be considered a lack of respect. That would be actually endangering endangering her life, mamish, literally. Nishnor Hedarakabra wouldn't just be a disrespectful thing, it would be putting her in danger to be left in the middle of the desert all alone. So how do you attribute honor that this was done in her honor? This was literally just saving her life waiting for her. And you can't say that that's why Rashi adds the words when Moshe Rabbeinu was thrown into the river, because he wants to show that they, they waited for her just like she waited for him, just like by him it was a matter of, he was in the river, so it was a matter of it was him looking after his health, safety. So that's why they looked after her safety and they waited for her. Just like the moment that she waited, or the period of time that she waited for Moshe, is given an inu from Goloch Nefesh, was a matter of his uh, life was in danger. And so a similar, Hashem gave her a similar reward for that. That she should not be left behind in the desert. So maybe that's the answer. Rashi tells you when he was thrown into the river to draw the equation between that story. She waited for him saving his life. So we'll wait for her to save her life. So it can't be that that's what it is. Because because then he wouldn't have referred to it as an honor being accorded to her. It's much more than that. Since the intent of waiting for her was not in order to show her honor, but rather to save her life. So we have to understand, what, what is the meaning of she was given honor, it was literally saving her life. That's what it should be referred to as. Dalit, the Bir so to explain. <clears throat> when Hashem said, she should be confined outside the machna, the, the camp, for seven days, and then she should be brought back into the machna. By saying that, it's move, is moving. It's understood from this as Miriam's refuah that her rehabilitation, so to speak, she will be brought back into the machna. Is totally in them. How does she, what rehabilitates her for whatever Hashem decided she has to be punished? 
being confined outside for seven days is part of her being able to be rehabilitated to be able to be brought back into the machna. If she's not, re, uh, she doesn't spend seven days outside the machna, she can't yet be rehabilitated. And what outside the machna means outside all three machnas. In other words, it was machna levia, as he explains in under toyer begedem etzias from machna maloshen chanoya. And the this, what it means over here, machna means an encampment. In our case, in the Skira and therefore, when we talk about her being confined outside the encampment, that can only be applied when they are camped, when there is an encampment. Then you could say she was confined outside the encampment. Birashi zochin frie mafarish given, as Rashi already explained before. Toichakloimi described what the encampment looked like. Toichakloim he machneshchina inside the the chotzer from the chotzer the the curtains that that uh, cordoned off the courtyard of the mishkan inside that area the area of the mishkan with the and the courtyard of the mishkan is called machneshchina the camp of the shchina. Where the Levim lived around their tents that were set up around the Mishkan. That's called the camp of the Levim. And from the Machna Levia, all the way out to the end of where the, Jew, the rest of the Jewish com- uh, nation camped, that's called the, the Machna Yisrael. So when you have that camp in the structure that the Torah describes it, she had to be confined outside that camp for seven days. But when the Yidin were in a travel mode, when they had taken apart the camp, and now they were traveling, then you can't describe it as being outside the camp. There is no camp. They're traveling. So therefore, the, the uh, being confined, that period that she must be confined outside the camp, has to be during the encampment and not during the travel period. So to summarize, the part of the rehabilitation of Miriam as a Mitzayra when she became, uh, she had Saras, was that she must be confined outside the seven, the camp for seven days and then that is how she becomes cleansed from the Tsaras. That being confined outside the machna is only when the machna can be called a machna when there there is an encampment when they're traveling that's not called a machna so being confined outside of that is not being confined outside the machna as an analogy if a principal tells a child in school you're suspended from school for seven days and then that day they close for Pesach vacation and the school doesn't come back for two weeks when the child comes back and says yeah I was out for two weeks not only one week that's not called suspended from school. Suspended from school means when school is in session, you'll be suspended for seven days. If it's on vacation anyway, that's not called, that's not your suspension. On the river, and therefore, when the Edenvolt nish gewaard bemachne de sibbens, gewaard bemachne de sibbens skire tag for Miriam, and therefore, if the Eden would not have remained as an encampment, for the seven days that Miriam was confined outside the Machna, 
even though obviously they would not leave her behind at the Midbar to be to fend for herself in the middle of a desert of course she would travel along with the rest of the community she would of course also have traveled along with them but since if they were traveling she wouldn't be fulfilling the, the uh, being confined outside the machna during the travel time since there is no longer an encampment and therefore, when would start her confinement outside the Machna? Which means, when would she get to being cleared of the Tzaras? That would start after they finished their travel and they set up camp. And then she was confined seven days. So the whole thing would have taken whatever the length of the travel is and then starts the seven days. Since the time that they're traveling cannot be counted as the seven days that she has to be confined outside. That's the meaning that she was honored, Hashem accorded her this honor. That the Jewish people stayed for an extra seven days. In the, in the situation of a camp as a, an encampment and they didn't travel so that Miriam's time of being confined outside the Machna started immediately ended seven days later and then they moved forward so that the time the confinement outside the Machna would start immediately and not be dragged out for some later time after they set up camp once again and that's why it's called a covet of course they wouldn't put her in danger to leave her in the middle of the machna she would have traveled along with them but that wouldn't be considered being confined outside the machna and therefore it would drag out the entire episode for that much longer and that's the honor that Hashem gave her that he kept the camp there she started and ended her confinement in seven days and it was over and then they could travel Hey, according to this, if we understand Rashi in this way, now we can see from Pirish Rashi, that we can extract, we can extrapolate from the way Rashi sees things amazing insights into matters of halacha as well. If Yosef is Rashi Mefarish, on the Pasuk Achate Yosef, after which she should be re- brought back into the Machna. Rashi explains, Oymerani, I say, this is how I see it, says Rashi, whenever, whenever it says, Asifa, which means to gather back in, that they're brought back into the Machna, whenever it says that by the uh, people that are Mitzayir, it's because he is confined, sent out of the camp. He becomes healed from the Tzaras, and Esavolamachna is brought back in. That's why it says, reclaimed, sort of brought back into the Machna. For them is Mashma. That's how Rashi explains, Te'osef, to be gathered into. What does it mean, gathered into? Because you were left outside, now you're gathered back into the Machna. From them is Mashma. From this it seems, as the Tzivu, Tzisagosh, Yvetsho, Mechutz, Machna, by Miriam, 
that this Hashem instructed that she should be confined outside the Machna for seven days in regards to Miriam then the reason that she was left outside was because she, because of the Tzaras she became a Tzair so based on this in other words the fact that it's the fact that she was left outside for seven days is connected with her being a Tzair as Rashi makes clear that this halacha that by that as long as he is afflicted by this problem, he shall remain tomei. He has to remain isolated and he has to dwell outside the camp. Is nisht that it's not? It could be seen as unrelated. It has nothing to do with being a Metzairah, in other words, that this is the way you get over rehabilitate Saras, is by being outside the Machna, it could be a, a side issue, it could be understood as a side issue what's the side issue? since he is toxically Tomei, which means anything that he touches, anything that he comes into contact with, any building that he's in any tent that he's in would all automatically become Tomei Therefore, he has to be left outside the machnas. It doesn't contaminate everything around him, but it has nothing to do with how to get over tzaras. It could be seen like that, but it seems Rashi does not see it like that. Nor does his oichatnai, but the, rather that this is being outside the machna is a part of his rehabilitation. That's how he reaches his regaining his state of purity. Shas has felt in Kiyom from Bodhi Yeshem Ruslam Achna Mishavah, based on Mosai, and therefore, if he lacks having been confined outside the Machna during the time when he was Tomei, he can't get to the point where he will become cleansed from his Tumah, because a part of the rehabilitation from Saras is to remain outside the Machna. That's part and parcel, that is conditional in order to become Tar. As we talked about, that's the reason why Miriam had to be left out, and that's why they waited for her because they didn't want to delay that being left out till after the trip. Similarly, by not there is the period of time when we're not sure whether this person's uh, affliction, whether the discoloration on the skin, is actually tzaras. So there are times in when the Kayan says, okay, he has to be uh, isolated for seven days, and then we'll re-examine the, uh, the discoloration and see what happens. That's called Hesker, when he is isolated, when he, become, when he is temporarily quarantined. So a Matsuda in that state where he's temporarily quarantined, for Zayin Rafu is totally in Hesker if I misbeyom that it, in in other words, he, the possible coming out of it is dependent on his being now isolated, quarantined for a few days. The hisgar akainus shivas as the pasuk says, the kain shall um, quarantine the person with the nega for seven days, and then let's see, maybe it'll get better. Darf it would seem as Ayyub has felt in Shir from Zayin Yom Yimei Heskim Machna. so then if he wasn't 
um, quarantined for those seven days that the Torah requires that he should be quarantined for seven days and then let's see what happens is Tarasim Isakevis then it would also delay his being able to come to a full state of uh, purity until there's a full seven days in other words we can also look at the seven day quarantine in which we're undecided yet whether he's a Mitzayra or not so we uh, isolate him for, se- for seven days the, the place that you isolate him is again outside the Machna let's see what happens but what happens if he went he was only there for three days and then uh, for some reason there was no Machna like they started traveling and now the Kayan comes and looks at him seven days later, but he wasn't in quarantine. It is seven days later, but he wasn't in quarantine for seven days. And he sees, well, things have changed, and, but you can't declare anything because it needs seven days of being quarantined outside the Machna. And if it doesn't have seven days, then you can't make any decision yet. Or you could look at it as seven days have to go by obviously, what are you going to do with him those seven days? You can't leave him around because maybe he's a Mitzayim, like everything Tommy. So the best place to quarantine him is somewhere away from the people. But, it, but it's not essential that it should be outside the Machna. But from this Rashi, it would seem that being outside, the way the Torah says being quarantined, is a part of the seven days that have to pass by before you can make a decision if he is Tommy or not. Nor, however, in regards to Metzayra, since in regards to Metzayra it says he shall be isolated outside the Machna, is Mokam Loden over there? You can, you can pose the question, you can see it. We're not sure how to read that. Because you have to see what is the main thing about this Pasuk. Is it that he should be isolated away from the people? The main thing is that he should not be in the Machna. He has to be isolated, quarantined. Even when he's outside the Machna, he, there he, also he has to be isolated, meaning to say that he shouldn't be, come into contact with other people that are Tomei either. He could be outside the Machna and be having a party with all the other people that are outside the Machna. So it has to be bothered. The main thing is bothered. Or is it that he has to be locked out from the Machna? There has to be a Machna from which he has to be isolated. The difference would be, of course, what's the difference if we look at it as he has to just be out, uh, he has to be alone, or part of what has to happen is that he should be locked out of a Machna which exists. The, the difference would be similar to what we said before in regards to Miriam if there's a situation where there is no machna, it's not possible to have a machna from which to expel him because they, there happens to be that at that time there is no machna nor the only possibility is that he should be isolated that does exist that is possible but we don't have a machna from which to expel him. Do we say, then the difference would be, does that interfere with his coming to a, a state of cleanliness, of cleansing, because he wasn't uh, locked out of the machna?
So it depends how you look at it. The same difference could also be applied to the Metzayda that is in a temporary quarantine to see what the situation is. In if it's in a situation where there is no outs, there is no machna from which to send them out. See the tag from The fact that he was in fact quarantined, even though there wasn't a machna, but he was alone. So does that count for the seven days, which the kohen has to wait in order to make a determination whether it is tamei or not? Is loyd them or according to the first opinion, since if the main thing is that he should be isolated, so then he was isolated, even though there's no machna, but he was isolated. Therefore, the seven days are he was isolated for seven days. That's all he needs. According to the second opinion, which is the second way of looking at it, which is that there has to be a machna from which he is excluded. Then he would have to wait until they get to a situation where there is a camp, there is a machna from which he can be isolated, expelled, and then he'll be able to start the count of the seven days, which you have to see whether he is tummy or not. But if the, that's only according to the second way of looking at it. So there are two ways of looking at it, and Rashi seems to favor one way. He seems to say that the way Miriam was able to come to her state of cleanliness is only because there was a machna from which she could be excluded. Only then could she come to her tarot. And according to this, if we see it this way, it comes out that this could even be a question in today's day and age. The din is as the the cleansing process of a metzera applies both in Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael. When the Beis Hamikdash is there, when the Beis Hamikdash is no longer there, lefiza. And according to this, in other words, that it's possible even today, theoretically, that there should be a problem of metzera from which one has to get out. So according to that, late the days of the din in Kedushas Machnas Yerushalayim is Yetznit Shayech. According to those opinions that Yerushalayim, which is the Machna from which the person has to be excluded, doesn't have the category. There is an opinion that says Yerushalayim doesn't have the category of a Machna now because it's in the state of destruction. It was destroyed and it's no longer the base. I mean, this is not there. It doesn't have the status of being the Machna anymore. So then the question will be, is the Shailah whether a Metzayda could ever reach a state of cleanliness, because if he needs a Machna from which to be excluded, Yerushalayim is no longer a Machna, he could never be excluded, and therefore he could never reach the past get being excluded for seven days, and therefore be able to come to his state of cleanliness, cleansing. On the other hand, if the main thing is that he should be isolated, the main thing is that he shouldn't be in the machna, not that he should be excluded from the machna. So therefore, if there is no machna, he's still excluded. No, sorry, he's still isolated. He's still quarantined. Is does guilty? Then that applies today too. 
if the, you don't need a machna from which to exclude him, the main thing is that he's not in the machna. So if there is no machna, of course he isn't in the machna. So therefore, but if it's essential that he should be outside the machna, meaning that there is a machna, but he has to be outside of it, then you can't have that situation after the destruction of the base because Yerushalayim is no longer a machna, and therefore he would never be able to attain cleansing. When I feel in and even if you want to say, as Vibal the Gansamitsis for Machnas is Nishtop, since the in the current state that we are, there is no Machna, it doesn't exist, that situation doesn't exist. Even at the time when he became a Matsaira, the person about which we're talking about. So therefore, even when he became a Matsaira, there was no Machna. Therefore, because it doesn't exist, so therefore he doesn't need any more that condition that he has to be excluded from the machna that does exist, because it doesn't exist. So therefore, it's no longer a condition for a Mitzayra in our day that he has to be excluded from an existing machna. Is Mokam Lashailanal? There would still be at least a theoretical question that could be posed that because what happens if he became Tamiya Mitsaira when the Mesamidash was in existence? Therefore, at the beginning of his becoming Tame, there was a machna. Therefore, the, uh, the need for him to be excluded from the machna does it, did exist at the beginning. In the middle of his period of being a Metzayr, is Necher of Habayis. The Beis was destroyed, and the city of Yerushalayim was destroyed. So now there is no longer a Machna. Is it possible for him to now ever reach a state of purity, of cleansing? Because now the Machna doesn't exist, but he still needs it as a condition because at the beginning of his becoming Tomei, he needed that condition of being excluded from the Machna. Is it possible for him now, now at least for that person to be, reach cleansing? Even if we say that somebody, somebody that became a Metzayra after the Chorban Beis Amigdash doesn't need that condition because it didn't exist during his period of being a, a Metzayra. And so therefore, based on what we said before in regards to Miriam, we can learn from the situation there, the way Rashi sees it, in regards to every other Metzayra. The way we see the situation of what the covered was for Miriam, that they had to wait with the trip so that she should have her seven full days of being excluded from the Machna, not just simply being outside the Machna, in order for her to become, to reach her state of Tara. Therefore, if there is, the same would apply for any Mitzayra from the, in the future. And therefore, even if there is no Machna, which would have been the situation for Miriam, and therefore because there is no machna we can't have being, him being excluded from the machna that would mean that he could never reach his state of tara that would, in other words the situation the way Rashi understands Miriam's dilemma here 
which is what uh, required that Hashem should make this delay for seven days in her, her honor, that would teach that if there was a Metzayra that became a Metzayra in a time when there is no Machna, he would have to, he would never be able to come to a state of Tara. Vov. Al now, according to what we said before, as Miriam's covered his Bashan in the dam, was the Rizman for the Sagashu is Yom, the Melo Echrefu is Nishfatzeigen Givarna Feshpetetik Nun Langer Rizman. That the meaning of giving her this honor was in order not to uh, draw out, drag out, and delay her time when she could become Tahir again. Now we can explain why Rashi says this is the an honor that was accorded to her by Hamakim Hashem. It would seem that he should have used a terminology which is more in accordance with what the Pasuk says. Similar to what the Mishnah uses, that the people, the Jewish people, Ha'am, Canal, because the pasuk says that va'achar nasu ha'am. That's when the people left. In other words, the pasuk seems to attribute it more to the people. When Oyev Rashi is bringing the grace cut for near tzugetelton covenant, if Rashi is simply trying to um, emphasize how great it was that they gave her, that she was given this honor that he says that it was Hashem that gave her the honor, not that the Yidin gave it, and Hashem himself gave her the honor. He could have used the terminology that's used in Sifri and Mechilta, that Hashem delayed in her honor, the Shechina, his dwelling in that place, the Orans remaining there, Kayinim, Leviim, the Yisrael, all the Kayanim waited for the Levim, the Israelim, the Shivan Anekovit, and the seven uh, clouds of glory. In other words, Hashem Himself waited for the Kayanim, the Levim, the Aaron, the, the clouds. If He wants to emphasize how great an honor she was given, He should have said, you know, gone the distance and say all of those things. So obviously, it wasn't about emphasizing that. But the explanation of why he says that Hashem waited for that Hashem gave her the covet, Rashi's do is nish oisin zog ver esatzugetelt irdem covet. Rashi is not interested. That's not the point that Rashi is making. Who is the one that showed her this honor? The Rebish to Yidden, whether it's Hashem that showed her the honor or the Yidden that showed her the honor. What then is he trying to say? Not a Rebish and as the covet is verbunden mit hamokim. Mit dem was the Ebishter Amakim had geheißen, um bald Mazge gewen sein, ihr bald Mazge sein, Shivet Shiamma, Chutzlamachne. The point is that it's Hashem that said that she should immediately be, um, iced, that, that we have to make sure that she immediately gets the opportunity to be isolated outside the commune, outside the Machne, so that she could re, uh, re reach her state of cleansing. The point that he's making is if you don't get the backstory of how the Rebbe described it now that it's all about getting her past that state of, uh, of Tzaras in order, you know, by, by doing whatever is necessary in order to get her past it. So then it looks like there's a dispute. Rashi is saying that, it's, that Hashem accorded her the honor. 
the Sifri or the the uh, Medrash, the Gemara says that it, or the Mishnah says that it was the Yidden that accorded a dishonor. He says that's not what the issue is at all. The point that he's making is Hashem gave special instructions. Get her over it right now. We have to stop the whole thing. Wait for Miriam. Get uh, lock her outside of the uh, outside of the camp. Keep the camp stationary so that she could be excluded and go through the seven days and be immediately brought back into the machna in a state of purity and not to have to drag out the whole thing. That's the point that he's making. Hashem gave that special instruction for this purpose. It wasn't about who was showing her honor. It was who found the solution, who gave the solution. Hashem gave this special instruction for this reason. But the question could still be asked. Where do you see? We know that in general, when Hashem gives a reward or a punishment, it's always measure for measure. In other words, it's always in accord with what the person did. Therefore, they are rewarded in a certain way or conversely punished in a certain way. Where do we see here this midah connected midah? for the honor that Hashem gave her, that should be somehow aligned with the moment, that the, the time that she spent waiting for Moshe. But there, he was thrown into the river. But there was a matter of So how is the honor that Hashem gave her, how is that something that is in accordance with Fadem for that what she did and the question and the need to understand how this honor that Hashem showed her here is a reward for that event that she waited for Moshe it can be uh, it, the question is in both extremes and what, what does he mean by that? If you look at what she actually did, is there the fact that she had to remain there watching over Moshe, that was not just showing him honor, that was because she had to save his life. It was a question of his life was in danger in the middle of a river. Which uh, saving a life, that is something which is of the utmost highest type of uh, service that a person can give to another person. So therefore, um, rewarding somebody for saving somebody's life, honoring them doesn't seem to be uh, uh, the proper or enough of a reward for somebody saving somebody else's life. That's in one extreme. On the other hand, Miriam's a cover for Miriam's waiting there for a certain period of time is also by Agor Poshet mentioned. It's self understood that anyone, even an ordinary person, would spend a, a, a certain period of time, a short time. We're talking about saving a child's life. Who wouldn't wait? Especially it's your own brother. So, what's the question? Of course, she waited for him. So therefore, over there, first we could look at it at the type of um, the type of mitzvah that she did, which is saving a life. Is that how you reward such a mitzvah? According certain uh, an honor, 
on the other hand what did she do already she waited for her brother whose life was in danger for a, for a short while so anyone would do the same so what and, and my commercial and of course anybody would do that on the schar was is was the rebestort zulib ir covered for halten alid mit mishkan und a ganz nogara langens man and what does she get rewarded for doing something that was so obvious that she had to do and anybody would have done the same hashem delayed the entire jewish community 2 million people for 7 days for a long time just for her honor so from both sides it doesn't seem the fitting reward for the situation the river is Rashi Matik that's why to answer this question Rashi quotes from the Pasuk the word she stood at a distance that she, her waiting there was not in order to save his life that wasn't what it was about because she stood at a distance she didn't stand right there in case something happens she was standing at a distance to watch she really couldn't have done anything in order to save his life it wasn't about saving his life there was something else at stake here but Mela's Kankashan is, and therefore, there's no question. Therefore, there is no question why is it that the honor that, he was, that, that she was given was because she waited there. The question was since it was all about saving his life, it wasn't about saving his life. She stood at a distance, it was something else, at, at, you know, it was something else going on. She waited for him for a different reason, as I'll explain. Not about saving his life, that's why Rashi quotes from the Pasuk, she stood at a distance. Ches. as we can, but since you can still ask the question, what is for the Shaykhs from them inhalt from them covered to them, but still, even though it wasn't about saving his life, but we still failed to see the connection between showing her this kind of covered with what she did for Moshe. What's the connection between the two? From the fact that Rashi says all that does is explain he explains very successfully that it wasn't a matter of but it still doesn't explain the connection between showing her this cover here with what she did for Moshe over there. That's why Rashi goes the next step and he says, V'goymer. You have to read the rest of the Pasuk to get the rest of the answer. Because if you read the rest of it, you'll get a better understanding of why this is the right type of response or reward for what she did for Moshe. How so? What, did, what was she trying to what did she accomplish by standing at a distance to see what's going to happen that's how the Pasuk describes, describes it she stood at a distance to see what would happen what was she trying to accomplish what was she hoping to accomplish and what did she accomplish that sailed the Torah so the Torah relates what happened that when the daughter of Pari came to wash to bathe in the river 
She saw the child, the baby crying, and she had the compassion on the baby. She wanted to calm him down. But she couldn't calm him down because he continued to cry. And she tried uh, giving him to different, uh, to different nursemaids, and he wouldn't uh, nurse from them. And them old, and then came along Miriam, and she offered a solution. But so Miriam said that the sister said to the daughter of Pari, Should I go find you a woman from amongst the Jewish people that can nurse him? But and she will nurse the child for you. So the daughter of Pari said, Yes, go. And she, the young woman, the Torah says, Alma, the young spry woman, meaning Miriam, she was a young girl. And why does he point out that she was a young girl? So Rashi says, almost she went like a young person. She went with energy and so on, running and to get it done. But she called the mother of the child. She called Yecheved to nurse her own son. Is this Mormon? So from this we understand as Imagine if Miriam was not there. She hadn't stood there to watch what happened. What, how would it have unfolded? We can, we can understand how it would have unfolded. Since she went around to different Egyptian women to nurse him. The Yonak, but he refused to nurse from them. So eventually it would occur to the daughter of Paray, why isn't he nursing? Maybe it's not it because they're Egyptians and whatever. For some reason, he only wants a Jewish woman. I don't know why, but that's maybe that will be the solution. She would have called upon a Jewish woman to nurse him. Now, Dan Voltas. So, in other words, she would have got to the solution on her own. But Nordan Voltas given but it would have taken a much longer time. Till she caught on, till so therefore, what did Miriam do for him? She shortened the time. It what it all took a few minutes or a few hours because she offered the solution immediately. She knew who to call. She called her, and solution, you know, problem solved. In other words, they what did she accomplish by standing there and watching? that she was, was able to speed up the solution by shortening the time that Moshe was in pain that he wasn't able to eat because he refused to eat from the Egyptians so she made it happen quickly so in the end what happened it all happened quickly because of her therefore it's very understandable now that the kind of reward Hashem showed her the honor was what? The reason that Hashem delayed the people for seven days in order that her being isolated for seven days should take place immediately and be over with quickly. Uh, so now it's a perfect reward for what she accomplished for Moshe she speeded up his solution Hashem speeded up her solution and that's why for that one moment she, by waiting there and taking care of the matter quickly Hashem repaid her and took care of her problem quickly
Tess. Rashi to understand also a Hasidic perspective of what Rashi brings out in this Rashi. He mentioned earlier was the the Mishnah that in the Mishnah it says that the therefore the Yidden delay they waited for her. Even though obviously the reason that the Yidden were delayed seven days was because Hashem decided that they should be delayed, as we mentioned before. Because the the cloud did not move forward. Why does the Mishnah attribute it to the Yidden, not to Hashem? The Mishnah also knew that it was Hashem that did it. Is Miriam the reason that the Mishnah attributes it to Yidden, as we said before, is because the Yidden also wanted to wait. They also felt that they wanted to wait for her. And is mistaber, and even though it's it's reasonable to say, as Rashi that Rashi would also agree that the Yidden also wanted to wait for her. Still, Rashi puts the emphasis on Hashem waited and was the one that gave her the honor. Not as the Mishnah says that the Yidden waited for her. So, to explain the difference between the Mishnah and Rashi, we can explain that according to the inner understanding of this matter. The difference between the Mishnah and Rashi. Chazal zogn, our sages tell us, everything comes from heaven except for whether a person is a God-fearing person. That is up to the person himself. Hashem doesn't get mixed; it doesn't mix into it. He leaves it up to the person himself to decide. Well, my high time, and for this reason, Therefore, it's difficult to say that this good thing that the Yidden did, that they decided they want to wait for Miriam and by this way to show her the honor that she deserves is given so it's difficult to say that it was all Hashem's decision if it takes a the motivation to do something good, a mitzvah that is up to the person to do Therefore, it has to be attributed also to the Yidden. It can't be just Hashem decided, and therefore everybody wanted. The Yidden also needed, they had to make that decision that they wanted. Then, So it can't be that it was just because the, the, the cloud didn't move, and it had nothing to do with what the Yidden wanted. Since takes the person's own initiative, so therefore it had to have also connection to what the Yidden wanted. And that's why the Mishnah attributes it to the, the Yidden decided. The Mestaba and therefore it's logical to say, as Adarab, does was the Onan is Giblibim Bimakaimai, and one could say the opposite. The reason that Hashem caused the cloud to remain and not to travel further is given the Farvas the Yidden Hobm Givart, Givolt, I it came the opposite, not that Hashem decided and the Yidden tagged along. It was the opposite. The Yidden wanted to wait for her. And because since the Yidden made that decision, therefore Hashem accorded with their will, with their decision, 
and therefore instructed the, the cloud not to move. We're going to wait, because the Yidden decided that they want to wait. That's why the Mishnah puts the emphasis on the Yidden decided that they want to wait for her, and that's why Hashem followed suit, and He also said that we're going to wait. In accordance with what the Mishnah there is talking about, the Mishnah there talks about that Hashem treats a Yid in accordance with what they do. And that's why over here, because the Yidin wanted, that's why the Mishnah puts the emphasis on that, the Yidin wanted, and that's why Hashem decided that's what should happen. Even though he accepts, of course, that the Yidin also wanted it, they wanted to wait for her. When you look at the simple matter, it's difficult to say that over here, the reason, you know, they, all over, Hashem made a decision. The cloud moves, everybody moves. Here, there was a whole different reason about how the clouds are going to come. They're not going to move, they are going to move. Told me, Yeratzen here was suddenly up to the Yidden to make the decision. When you look at Shudosh Mikra, that doesn't really flow from Shudosh Mikra. And if you want to look a little deeper, one could say, as in Pirush Rashi, Yenushal Torah, that in the way Rashi learns, Rashi has embedded in Rashi is also a Hasidic approach, the inner dimension of Torah. The way Rashi sees, Rashi sees also into the very core and the underlying truth in every matter. And therefore when you look even at the matter of Yerushamayim, what is the real when you dig a little deeper in regards to Yerushamayim which comes through the efforts of the person as the Mishnah says but still if you look a little deeper the motivation to Yerushamayim even though it has to come through the efforts of the person but the motivation for it comes from Lumaila. Hashem provides the motivation for it. Nor but it comes from a level higher than Yidei Shemayim. In other words, there is a level which is called Yidei Shemayim. And the Yerushamayim comes from a higher level than Yidei Shemayim. But from that higher level, it has to be motivated from whatever that level is called, not Yidei Shemayim, something higher but it comes, it's mo- the motivation comes from a higher level. In other words, that the fact that the Yidin wanted to show her this respect, also came because Hashem motivated them to be in that state, which they would eventually find themselves to want to accord this honor to Miriam. So that's when you look at it from the perspective of Rashi which looks at everything in its deepest, truest sense, what's underlying what's going on. Mashenk in the Mishnah, in Nigla de Teira, but when the Mishnah, which is Nigla de Teira, which is not looking at the thing in its, very, in its core essence, so in the Mishnah where you don't see of course the Mishnah also knows that there is a deeper level but the Mishnah doesn't reveal the deeper level the Mishnah only reveals the basic level 
and so over there you don't see that Yerushamayim also comes from motivated from Shemayim because if you look at it that way that everything comes from Hashem even motivation so that that would be a contradiction to free choice so therefore the Mishnah deals with it only on the uh, basic level which is a person has to make their own choice for Yerushalayim and therefore the Mishnah always looks at it as how does it come from the uh, from the effort of the person and therefore he attributes this to the Yidin. Rashi attributes it because in truth it really came from Hashem motivating the Yidin to want it anyway. Yud, al now, so based on this, now we can also understand that this idea that everything comes from Hashem, even Yerushalayim comes from Hashem, why, why is it Merumus in Pirush Rashi? Why is this the place? the place where Rashi discusses the matter of Taras, why is this the place that he brings out this deep concept that even Yerushalayim comes from a higher level, from a higher level. Klolus inyana metzayda. When we talk about the idea of that he has to be sent out of the three machnas, is metzadem vaseres heipach it's because a Mitzayre has taken on a situation which is completely contrary, contradictory to Ketusha. When the Far is Mechutz L'Machna Meshavah, that's why he has to be isolated outside the Machna. Oich Mechutz L'Machna Yisrael, not only from the holy Machnas, like Machna Shechina and Machna Leviyah, but even outside their ordinary Machna, which is where all the Jews live. Which shows that he is isolated, he has distanced himself, even from the ordinary, just a regular machna, the Jewish camp. Even there he has to be distanced from. Because he distanced himself through his behavior from that category. And therefore, one could say, that's the reason that to understand what we explained before, the inner dimension of that, as the Iker Inyan Ba'em is the Chiyav as as we said before, that the main thing is not that he should be in isolation, it's that he should be outside the Machna, that there has to be a Machna from which he is excluded. While then, because if there are no, there is no camp, because the point is to make him aware, to make him understand that he has distanced himself from all matters of holiness. But if you don't have a place of holiness from which you can deliver the message that he has distanced himself, and that's why he's being sent out of there, then he never gets that message. On the river is Oichter Inyan as Yerushalayim Kumbetzalomayla, and that's why this idea that Yerushalayim also comes from a higher level from Hashem. The rumors v'shaychus to M, and by zeros, therefore, it's it. Where do we see it? Where does Rashi allude to it when we're talking about the Mitzrayer and by the part of the Mitzrayer which is tr- uh, encouraging him to reach a state of Tara? Because the idea, how does a Metzayra come back to a state of Tara? That also comes from Hashem. How do we see that? When this is explained elsewhere, 
Ados is the Tam was stayed by by M That's the reason why a Metzayda has to be brought to the Kayan. Why does the Taita make such an emphasis of the Kayan has to be involved, the Kayan has to be brought to the Kayan, the Kayan should declare, the Kayan should say this and do that. And it says also, he shall be brought. It doesn't say he shall come. The point here that he's making is not the Kayan, but rather that he has to be brought to the Kayan. That means someone else is bringing him. It's like he doesn't want to come and he has to be dragged before the Kayan. Because the how do you get somebody that is on such a low level that he's allowed himself to become a Metzayra through his behavior? How does he get back? How do you bring him back to Tshuva? A person that had to be excluded from all three camps. Is Nishmitzad mention him coming back to Tshuva, him finding his way back is not going to come from himself. He's too far gone. When a person is in such a low state, it's very difficult to bring yourself back to a state of tshuva on your own. Nor The only way it can happen is because Hashem puts a feeling of tshuva into you. Because Hashem has assured us, as that in the end, there's nobody that is too low to be brought back in. So even a person like that will be brought back in. But it takes Hashem to encourage him and, and inspire him and to bring a feeling of tshuva to him. And that is also when Hashem gives him that tshuva, that is Hashem saying, I will bring you back. I will help you find your way back. And that's why he has to be dragged to the Kayan. It doesn't come from his own. He has to be brought. Something has to bring him back. And that's why the idea that Rashi is trying to convey that Yerushalayim comes from Hashem is brought in the context of a Metzayra whose cleansing can only be accomplished because Hashem will inspire him to find his way back.